0: Hello, and welcome to another episode on the Work Boss podcast, where we share the best practices in the workplace and how you can do things differently. I'm Fauzana from the growth marketing team here at AllHR, and today I'm joined here with Parish Subramaniam from Fit Escapes to discuss how to promote wellness in the workplace. So let me bring Parish on so that he may give a brief introduction of himself as well as what he does.
1: All right, my name is Parish Subramaniam. I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Fit Escapes. I've been always been a wellness freak and also fitness freak, and from there I had my obsession of you know t- trying to help other people also create these behavior changes because fitness and wellness has been a great gift in my life and I'm so happy to share this with everyone. Uh, and uh, for Fit Escapes, what we do is we specialize in uh, corporate wellness or workplace wellness programs. Uh, we help companies build, manage, and also measure their wellness activities, engagement activities, and also their programs. How we do that is through providing them with things like education workshops, fitness classes, team buildings, uh, and we have a platform or technology for them to consolidate and also measure uh, their performance uh, in these wellness programs. And last but not least, we also apply the science of behavior changes through our gamification. So that's basically a gist of what we do in fitness skates.
0: All right. Thank you very much for the introduction. So I understand that you specialize in constructing wellness programs for corporate settings. So with regard to that, how would you define work um, wellness within the context of the workplace?
1: Oh wow! There's so many different definitions <laughs> to to what workplace wellness or what wellness programs are. You know, uh, but according to the Global Wellness Institute, any health and wellness uh, activities. Or policies that is designed to support and also uh, encourage healthy behaviors or you know healthy habits or behavior uh, changes among employees is defined as a workplace wellness programs and this could be very diverse lah. you know you look at uh, things from medical benefits uh, like medical cards or you know yearly screening sessions or you look at things like you know educational workshops like you know uh, fitness classes or you know uh, uh, nutrition workshops uh, to also up to team building as well so the the diversity in workplace wellness is very huge and it all, it all depend on how much the company wants to do and also how the companies wants to support uh, them so there's no right no wrong in terms of the definition
0: all right. So I can see that the concept of wellness has a foundation in the pillars of well-being. So what exactly are these pillars of well-being and how would you describe their importance in a work environment?
1: Yeah, when you look at wellness, we've got to look at it as a very wholesome view and also very holistic view. Gone were the days that we think only phys- looking good uh, is is uh, you know, related to our mental well-being or financial well-being. Right, it gone the days we, we are more aware as a, a human, as, as a generation now that we understand wellness in a more wholesome and also holistic view. Uh, there's actually different definitions of how many pillars, but of, on, in Fit what we use is the seven dimension or seven pillars of wellness. Uh, it consists of first, the physical pillars, which is exercise and nutrition, whether you work out, you're jogging, uh, you, you, you eat healthy. Uh, it falls under physical wellness and then you have the second pillar uh, which is mental wellness which is one of the most talked about topic during this pandemic as well you know how are we managing our mental wellness at home you know (laughs) with with so much social distancing and all that stuff so mental wellness is one of the very key pillars as well Then you look at environmental wellness things like plastic are we contributing towards our environment or not are we making our environment better for the uh, future Right, things like you know uh, wasteage, plastic. These are some of the things that we contributing. We can also reduce, right, in terms of environmental uh, wellness. And then the next pillars of wellness is spiritual wellness. Spiritual wellness is not talking about religion or whether you, you, you have a belief or not. It's all about finding your why. You know your purpose, your ikigai. We call it. You know ikigai is a, a Japanese concept where you can find your purpose, what you love doing. Uh, what what you love doing, does it contribute money to you or not? Does it uh, contribute towards your society or not? So that is the purpose. And every human being, I believe, if we are in this world, we, we are here to serve a purpose. We are here to, to uh, serve. And also we have a purpose. So that is the fourth pillars of wellness, which is spiritual wellness. Then we look at the fifth pillars. Uh, is the social wellness. One of the things that during this pandemic, we don't have so much. Uh, We have the social distancing, but it's for our own good. So social wellness is very, very much uh, a part of human or who we are as a person. So social wellness, the next one. The next pillars, uh, the sixth pillar will be uh, financial wellness, which is during this pandemic, a lot of people start to realize how important financial wellness actually is. Do we have a balance uh, sheet on ourselves? Or or do we understand how we spend or how we save or how we invest our money? Uh, And during times of uh, challenging times like this, do we have that capabilities of maintaining our financial happiness, not only freedom, but also happiness as well? And then last but not least, uh, the pillar is intellectual wellness. Intellectual wellness is all about upskilling and reskilling. So it's important as a human being, uh, like Warren Buffett, I would say 1% every single day. We always constantly uh, go through this journey of learning and also uh, constantly upskilling ourselves for our own betterment, you know, uh, not only for our career, but also for our own self. So that is actually the seven pillars and, uh, of, of wellness. And why is it so important when, when you talk about why we need to look at you know, so many pillars, right? It's, it's very important in, in workplace or, you know, in our life because all these pillars are intertwined with each other. You know, they are connected somehow or other with each other. Like this, let's look at it as a person. If a person is having uh, financial wellness issues, do you think that, you know, of that same person will, will have the energy to do a workout? You know, it also, uh, it, it also affects their physical wellness. Do you feel that this person will be, Mentally prepared for a big presentation, you know, because you know the credit card company is probably calling you. So it so affects your mental wellness And so there's so many research even show that how Poor social wellness contributes to poor mental wellness as well So the pillars are all intertwined and connected. So it's very important that we see all these pillars as the pillars of success or the pillars that can connect us to better success in our wellness.
0: All right, so you've given us a lot of insight on wellness, which is a personal and relatable subject to many people who may be listening to this. So while we are on the topic, what questions should we as employees be asking ourselves to measure our own well-being and wellness in the workplace?
1: Well, that's a fantastic question because sometimes we want to seek for help, or we want to get that support, but we don't know how to. Uh, I think today what I will share with you guys is something very simple. The first thing is identify where you are now in terms of your wellness. You can use a simple tool or a coaching tool called Wheel of Life Assessment. You can search it up on Google. Uh, Wheel of Life Assessment is created by Paul J. Mayer. He's one of the founders of self-development. Even Tony Robbins used Wheel of Life uh, as an assessment. Uh, in his programs as well. So you can go through Wheel of Life assessment. It will cover the seven pillars of wellness for you. Uh, you can identify which pillars are strong, which pillars are weak, and which pillars can you improve on. So that's very important for identifying where you are because uh, as an employee or employer, you are a person, right? You've got to see where you are now or your current status. The second thing, what we can do as an employee is to ask ourselves, How do we feel? These are things that we can do on a daily basis. Are we feeling anxious? Are we feeling sad? These are emotions that our body communicates with us, with maybe pains or aches or you know uh, or rashes. These are things that even our body communicates. So ask yourself, how do I feel in my body? How do I feel in my mind? How do I feel in my financial? So these are self-assessment uh, or questions that you can ask yourself right away to see where you are uh, and be mindful of these thoughts. Don't just let it be, you know, find solutions towards how do you feel. If you can feel sad, why can you, cannot you feel happy, right? You can feel happy. So just find a way how to do that. The third thing is do the basic. The do the basic means take your mats. Uh, mats doesn't mean medication. Is mats means meditation, exercise, diet, and also sleep. Take your mats. That is the basic thing as a human. We can do. We can do a bit of meditation. Um, we can exercise. You know, make sure we get enough movement for so our body. We can also look after our food. It's whether we want or not, right? For food wise, it's whether we really want to do it or don't want to do it, right? It's all a habit and how do we create these changes. And last but not least is your sleep, you know, approximately in Malaysia, we sleep about, uh, from research about six hours, 6.4 hours. And you know, that's about 1.6 hours that is lacking you know, on a daily basis itself. Just imagine all this accumulate in years or decades, what will happen to your to your body or to your mind. So look at yourself as whether you're doing the basic and not you're taking a max, right? And then last but not least, look inside. Look is what's going on inside. Maybe you know now we are stuck at home, we are uh, all working from home. We do probably screening lesser. We don't do we probably do more COVID screening than <laughs> we do our own uh, you know, health screening or you know our blood scre- uh, our blood test. So get a blood test, you know screen yourself, go for a medical checkup. I, I know it's a uh, hard us to go to a hospital now, but you know, Maybe you can look for services that they can come to your house to do the blood test for you. So there's always a solution when you want to find for it. So look inside. So these are four things I think as an employee, we can do right away. And it really helps us in the long run as well.
0: All right, thank you so much. So we've heard from the employee perspective, but how about from the employer's point of view? How can employee well-being be measured and assessed by employers, managers, and anyone in a leadership position?
1: Well, wow, there's so much things that as a leader, as a manager, or as an employer, we should do and we can do. Uh, and I think when it comes to wellness, uh, there's so many different ways uh, we can measure. Uh, we can talk about so many engagement surveys and all that stuff. But the first thing I think as a leader, we, we need to communicate. We need to make sure that wellness or health topic is not taboo in our, our, our company, you know. We are able to communicate openly and using more empathy to kind of understand the people uh, in terms of where they, they are at and how we could help them. I think that's the things that first thing we can do as a leaders, managers, or even employers and ask great questions. You know, John Maxwell wrote a book, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions, you know, and the questions are so important that is the questions giving you uh, indication or a question giving you a uh, understanding of that person. So ask great questions. That's something that we can all do on a, starting on a daily basis with our employees. Uh, but but overall, if you want to go into more details, I think overall health, because everyone's working remotely now, understanding their overall health, you know, whether you have a stress assessment or you have a nutrition assessment, or are you getting them to do their COVID checkups? So the first thing is, um, leaders and um, employees, you want to make sure your employees are safe, right? So COVID checkups and all that stuff. So understanding the overall health is very important when you go to, into details. The second one is understanding the mood, all right, how, how, how everyone is doing, you know, you can roll it out. I'm sure that um, companies always do uh, engagement and meet survey. You can roll it out. Maybe you, you, you are doing it on a yearly basis, you can you know, now do it on a quarterly basis. Understanding the people a bit more better, you know, see how we can improve stuff. You can even create things like happiness survey, you know. Uh, there's no right, no wrong, right? You can get happiness survey, looking at how happy we are or people are uh, while working, uh, and also look at productivity and also performance. Uh, I think it's very clear. Like someone if going through any sorts of wellness issues or they do need support, their performance and productivity definitely drop. So you can. Look at that as one of the key measurements, and one more very key measurements, which is the bottom line. Uh, the bottom line is whether you can see it is saving in terms of medical claims or not. Whether people are claiming more claims or not, and what kind of claims are people doing for inpatient, outpatient, or what kind of claims are we? Uh, are, are they claiming more? So you can also use all these uh, as a parameter for you to measure.
0: All right. That was a very interesting and useful take on both employees and employers, how they they can assess well-being. So I believe at this point, many would be wondering how they can actually go about to ensure wellness in the workplace. So now that we are reaching the advice column, I would like to ask you what companies can do to promote wellness and employee well-being in number one, a physical office setting and alternatively with a remote workforce, as is the current situation for many people right now.
1: Yeah I think one of the key things we ask ourselves is uh, whether we are in an office or we are working remotely, there is any sorts of activity going on or not so we can build upon. This is the first thing we can ask ourselves whether we have before when we we train remotely is there any sorts of activity we use to perform uh, or uh, to help employers or employees at home or after we know now we we are in a remote situation. do we have certain amount of support that's in place? So the first thing, uh, what we need to do is identify. Identify what are the things that we are doing now already. Because definitely companies have so many sustainability programs, they have so many things planned out already in their strategic planning and all. There's definitely one part that is wellness or you know supporting the employees. Uh, there's already one part there. So looking at what you currently have in place and how can you improve on that. So identifying the gaps. In between so the first thing when you want to look at promoting it look at where you are already now because you are if you are already doing it look at how you can improvise and innovate from that that's the first thing you can do and then second thing is you got to forget about the one-size-fit-all it's, it's, it's no more that way anymore it's you can't have a program or any of activities that is one-size fit all you need to cater to different uh, you need to be a bit more specific or you know you need to understand their interests and needs uh, what are things that will, uh, will uh, emotionally help them uh, and support them so you've got to identify and personalize it very important according to your company's culture you know your your industry that you are in uh, which what kind of industry you are in and also the needs of your people so you need to customize and personalize and you know forget about the one size fit-all approach already and that's the second. The third one is applying the 3C concept. You know, whatever promotion activities or any sorts of things that you're doing, first thing is convenience. You want it to be convenient for your people. Easy to access, easy to find, easy to learn, easy to get it. That is the first thing you need to do. The second thing, what we can do is to have a very comprehensive, which is bo- not boring, I would say. <laughs> you not, not so boring, you know. You can have comprehensive, different, different types. You can combine the seven pillars, you know, different, different activities so that, you know, people don't only build in terms of one pillars, but a build as a whole, right? So that's something that you can do uh, in terms of comprehensive. The third one is community centric. You need to listen to your people and you need to let your people also guide you. It's not sometimes about what we uh, as leaders or company wants to do, but also listening to our people will also help us. Because why? When we roll out programs or activities, the participation rate will get a bit more higher, or people will, will, will tend to participate even more, which downline contribute to you know all the, the benefits that uh, as an employer and also as an employee that you will got, all get. Um, the third one, I think the third step is to set micro goals lah. You know, like like currently we, we have changed from an office environment uh, to a remote environment. What can you expect? You know, we are be very realistic. Set not only long-term goals, but micro goals that we can hit. Is why we set the kind of micro goals and why we, ha- why-, why we need to have measuring tools. Not only having that micro goal in place, but we need to ha- have measuring tools in place so we can know whether there is any improvement. What you cannot measure, you cannot improve, right? So you need to make sure you have also measuring parameters in place as well and some micro goals that when you can hit that goal, you also feel that sense of achievement your employee your employees also feel that sense of achievement and everybody wins then right the fourth step is to follow through a lot of times that we plan we spend like one two months doing all sorts of planning and then you know sometimes it changes we got to adapt and also we got to uh, make that changes but also follow through whatever we plan or whatever we do sometimes we see one month Uh, participation rate is dropping and all that stuff. You try to follow through, but follow through in a way that you're also measuring and also improving across time because some things take time. It takes time to build a culture. It takes time to build a person's behavior because it's the same time that people build that same behavior. You want to change them. It's also very uh, time-driven. So you need to be patient. Last but not least, the fifth step um, that I want to mention is to innovate and also to be current, right? You need to have what is going on now, currently. Focus on what is current, you know, what is the past is past. Focus on what is current and also innovate. And how we have to innovate is we look at remote working or, you know, flexible flexible working will be uh, probably the next uh, biggest thing. We will, I'll, I'll never know, I could be wrong, uh, but we can see that trend as, you know, the young millennials, people coming into the workforce, they want more work flexibility work life balance we already know we can predict the trend so what we can do is we can innovate and be current following the current trend so that we get also better talents and we retain better talents as well when we promote uh, all these workplace programs so these are five steps that i give to everyone or you know even hr there's listening or as a as an individual uh, that is listening, you know, these are five steps that you can also do yourself, right? As an individual, uh, uh, using these five steps is so simple. Personalize it. Uh, make sure it's very towards the needs and also yourself. Uh, the step two, the three C's, remember, convenient, uh, comprehensive, and also uh, community-centric. Find your own community. Uh, get in touch with like people that are like-minded. And then the third step is, you know, set your goals and set your micro goals and set measurement tools. The fourth step is uh, follow through. Make sure you set your calendar and do it yourself. Uh, Make sure you put an alarm, you know, whatever you don't jot down in your calendar, you probably will not do it. So make sure you put it down in your calendar as as how you're going for a meeting. You know, then you will commit to doing it, whether it's studying a book or, you know, eating uh, healthier meals or working out, do something, you know, towards contributing to your wellness goal. And the fifth is always innovate, you know, uh, so many different tools that are out there can, you can use as an individual as well. So I give you uh, the corporate side as well as as the individual side. And so I hope, you know, this will be value towards people that want to promote their um, wellness in workplace or, you know, in, in, in their lives as well.
0: All right, Parish, thank you very much for the very prospective and insightful exploration into the topic of corporate wellness. You had a lot to teach us and we have also learned a lot as well. So that is all today for today's episode of the podcast. And if you're interested to catch more of us and all the things we share around being a boss at work, do keep a lookout for the next episode. And once again, thank you so much, Parish, for coming on the Work Boss podcast with me today. We'll see you again on the next one. Bye. Thank you.
1: Bye.